Hey, I should have stayed home and played with myself. Okay, Ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my shit together, that's my shit together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Welcome to Fax Action Jacks. I'm, I'm Tom Howie. He's Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 27. As that features up 100 as we try and go for a winning week for a change. Uh, we have all kinds of stuff uh, pushing in that direction today. All kinds of people on yesterday saying all these beaten down stocks are going to come back 50%, even though they don't make any money or anything like that. But that's okay. Everybody's, everybody's all, all, we're all, all convinced now that everything's okay. We had the, the Fed chairman, who I would fire less an hour ago, if it was me, in front of the in front of Congress, Trying to meal him off his way through what the problem is, and I, I, I the idea of paying somebody to lie to me, I just can't, I can't go there. Kevin, get me out of this funk. Well, fortunately, you're not paying me, so I can just lie away. Yeah, you can just lie away. Uh, what's the? Uh, just you know, you can just uh, fib a little. I fib. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and so you can give me a new nickname. You can call me Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Uh, well, no, wait a minute. He, he already has his name, and you don't have a beard. Oh, his name—it's his name, you know. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, I'm just co-opting it. It's a nickname. I'm not—I'm not taking his name from. Oh, it. well, it's uh, all kinds of stuff here today. Uh, hundred, another hundred million gets hacked out of a crypto joint. I if you saw that this morning. Uh, the outfits are. Well, boy, I, I, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. It's kind of crazy. Uh, you know, you, that's actually uh, oddly enough. Um, most industries uh, will uh, uh, re- reject. Uh, any notion of regulation, the crypto industry right now is asking for it. <laughs> I mean, they, I'm serious. They, they really are saying, you know, come on, Congress, to, you know, put some safeguards in place for some of this stuff. Uh, you know, not that I'm counting on Congress to uh, to do it well or do it right, um, but you know, I, I think there is a uh, a, a notion that uh, there needs to be some kind of control put on that industry. Because, um. uh, and and just and and it's not that it can't or shouldn't control itself, uh, but more I, you know I I think it, it it deals with situations like this that you know you, you need to be able to subpoena somebody somebody has to be on the record um, as uh, as the authority. Um, I'm going to say, Kevin, that work. in 99 percent of every case where somebody finds a way to hack something out of a a company. Securities firm, your own firm, a bank, the the regulators, other than printing laws and, 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 and jaw slapping, have no more intention of, of tracking down that criminal than the man in the moon. Well, and, and while that's true, it, it, it but actually it's not my personal experience. You know that I've, I've found a, uh, when I had to deal with a breach, I found a you know a pretty engaged FBI willing to help as far as they could get it. But, um, but, but, you know, it's not really the point, though. The point is that if you, 
it, you know, if you have to chase after somebody, um, you, you need a way to be able to do that. And right now, you know, as you've said in email, who are you going to subpoena, Mr. Bitcoin? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so let's just walk me through this. Hackers have stolen $100 million in cryptocurrency from Horizon, a so-called blockchain bridge developed by crypto startup Harmony. Let me say who this article is, since I'm reading from the poor guy. Ryan Brown, from the CMC article. Bridges allow users to transfer tokens from one blockchain to another. They become a prime target for hackers due to vulnerabilities in their underlying code. It follows a series of similar attacks on blockchain bridges, including the $600 million Ronin network heist and the $320 million stolen from Wormhole. There's a the name. Uh, okay, so if somebody goes in and they, and they change but it all... Let's, let's, let's not leave that statement too quickly. Underlying vulnerabilities in the under or uh, vulnerabilities in the underlying code. In other words, they have crappy code, and as a result of their crappy code, I mean, anytime you do, um, anytime you have somebody uh, do penetration testing, one of the things that they do that is is kind of an add-on service is to evaluate your code too, is to see if they can get into your code and manipulate it. Um, it, so it's it's one thing to say, you know, can I get into your network? Can I, uh, you know, penetrate your network? Can I uh, punch through your firewall? Can I do any of that? But the uh, the code hack is uh, it usually comes with an extra price, um, and uh, it, and it sounds like perhaps they didn't do that when they were validating. So I hate to blame the victim, but sometimes it's you know if you don't lock your door, you get. Uh, don't be surprised when someone comes in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but it doesn't make me the thief. Doesn't make you're right. It doesn't make you the thief. Now, the you know the other part of that though is, um, I, I, and I'm assuming just from what I know about how um, blockchain works, is there should be um, a destination in that ledger, that, you know, in, in that in that coin's ledger. So there ought to be a way to track it down, you know, much like they were able to track down some of the money uh, uh, when they when the ransom was paid for the uh, Colonial Pipeline hack. All right, so they were able, they were able kinda, to kinda track down and retrieve. Uh, kind of walk me in the, so walk me and 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 some of the <laughs> some our our luddite listeners like me. All right, somebody hacks his way in here, they find. Kevin O'Neill's password or wallet or something is hanging around, and you have twenty million in Bitcoin. They somehow transfer it someplace. Okay, is that something? Is that sort of what happened? I mean, they, they transfer it someplace or tra- not having read it? Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'll, we'll go with that as the, at least the hypothetical, if not the fact. But someplace, somewhere, the hacker, me, who has no talent to do something like that. Hacker me needs to get it out of the system. I need some place somewhere. I need to spend it. I guess, I guess I could stay in the in the in the Bitcoin. Well, I keep saying Bitcoin in the in the uh, uh, crypto world and and buy a bunch of crap using the stuff I just took from you and go buy a Tesla with a Bitcoin or something. I don't know if they still do that, but and I I guess I could I could try and spend my hundred mil in the Bitcoin world. Or, or buy drugs with it or something, whatever the hell you do with it. I, well, first of all, define how that could work or, or not work. 
But they, either that, or if I say, well, I, I really want euros or I want dollars, and pull it out of the world, I got to believe that that's a blinking light. That all of a sudden, someplace somebody's writing me a check for a hundred million dollars. Yeah, and again, I, I, as I've told you before, I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not as interested in blockchain from a, a cryptocurrency world uh, cryptocurrency standpoint because I just don't you know I'm, I'm not interested. I don't, you know it, it will become important at some point. Um, but it isn't in my world. It isn't now. I'm more worried about it from a uh, supply chain standpoint. So I don't know how they would go about spending it. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you about that um, because uh, you know, can you can you go to an ATM and, and draw down a million dollars? I think they have uh, machine limits, so you know, so that's not going to happen. Uh, so I, I don't know how you get it out of the system. Well, I guess the first question well, then is, could I? We we'll have to get a crypt, uh, cryptocurrency expert on here. Well, could technology background so that they can speak to the technology that's behind it. Well, I guess, is, is it possible to spend that kind of money in the crypto world? I, Probably. What could I buy? Could I buy a yacht? I think you should. What After it? we do our hack, I think you should. Yeah, but, uh, but, but, but yeah, you know, I, I you don't always know. talk about them. You, uh, you must want one. No. no I want I, one pretty badly. If I ever went anywhere, I wouldn't mind a small plane. Okay, but then, well, but then I don't go anywhere, so. You know, I, I, we gotta get, it seems to me that you'd almost do better with a, a really nice, a turboprop than you would a, a jet, but, but you just can't, you can't fly in with a turboprop when all the other guys have jets. Just saying. Yeah, that would be, you know, that, that, that would be tacky. Although, if you could hire a pilot to do it, you could parachute in and everybody would think it was cool. Um, the one thing, what did Matty Weber say? You're, there's, there's three, was it three ways I'm not going to die? One is getting eaten by a shark. One is jumping out of a plane. <laughs> I know I'm going to die someday, but that's not going to be one of those causes because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Just saying. Um, I agree. There was a, a lot of people on the trading floor used to go skydiving. It seems like it would be a cool thing to do once. Yeah. And then, and then when you survive that first time, uh, you are forever pushing your luck if you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I just um, so that's, if you add these three up, we're talking about a billion dollars in the, the hacked by somebody. It's a uh, I just I'm my the idea that they're looking for you know regulation. This whole idea of, of, of regulation versus not by being in a regulated industry and you obviously in the banking industry. I don't know if the, I don't know what it does for you, Kevin. You know you know what it does if you're if you're if you're really bad. Um, if you're a total no good, Nick, regulation really helps you because it insulates you from the justice system. Yeah, we've had that conversation before. In fact, when you came into one of my classes, we had that yeah. uh, that conversation. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, I, I, I will say that you know, and I, I'm not a big fan of it at all, but I think you at least have to have a structure for. How do I go to court to get, or, or where do I go to get the ability to investigate this? And I, I think that's really, you know, that's ultimately the question here is, uh, is what do I have to do uh, to be able to, uh, to be, where, you know, to even start looking? And because I know there's ways. It's not, so there's this common uh, perception that cryptocurrencies are totally anonymous. And they're not. That's not how blockchain works. Um, 
the the whole premise behind blockchain is that it's totally transparent. Every transaction, as you go back through the history of it, is completely transparent and can't be changed. It would take you know incredible uh, you know when you're when you're talking about having all these shared ledgers, you not only have to make a change and steal it, but before by the time you get away with it, you have to have changed every other ledger that's out there. And uh, because because it's all distributed, uh, and everybody gets a copy of it, uh, and, and it, you know it's it's virtually impossible to uh, to have the computing power to be able to pull that off before it's caught. So, you know that's that's the problem that you have to work on. There is a way to follow the chains back um, uh, back through time. The question is where, how, you know, who do I see to do that? Well, I mean, and I don't know the answer to that. <coughs> um, you know, Carl's probably a little more studied in it, so when he comes on, maybe he can uh, add a comment to it. But I, I, like I said, I just I, I haven't spent much time on on the technology from the point of view of the cryptocurrencies. Well, I mean, I just obviously I we I know a lot of people in my industry that have been hacked. Uh, one of the per, one of the people on the show, um, well, he has been on the show for a while, but hopefully we'll get him back one of these days. Um, his his firm was hacked, and in the, <clears throat> in the in the widest way, Kevin they they hacked into his personal email and sent emails from his his spot or whatever to his essentially his finance guy, telling him to send a check to such and such a place or wire money to such and such a place. So the guy does, and the next day. He gets another one, and he says, you know, I can't believe that I'm getting two of these in a row. So he calls him up and says, what's with these wires? It was like 20 grand or something, or 30. And the guy goes, I didn't send that. <laughs> well, they went to the bank. What wires? <laughs> yeah, he's like, what wires? So they went to the bank, and the bank was able to catch it at, like, the fourth spot. Now, now banks themselves now, Kevin, I don't know, you, you probably know this better than me, but banks themselves now, since they get no help from any law enforcement, they don't even, they don't even ask for a subpoena. They just send a fraud alert to the first place it went, and they caught it at like the the third place, just before it was going to go overseas. And the bank, and the bank, without any question, sent the money back. And so, uh, so the question is, is you know, how do you know the fraud alert's legit? Well, but I'm saying that the banks have decided that they are they are their own law enforcement because after years of everybody else, the, the FBI telling them it's your friggin' problem. They've taken it as their problem. So, if, I mean, when, when my buddy uh, got his, well, you're probably right, probably got his phone hacked, but he had money coming out of his bank account from three or four different spots, all the different, uh, what's the, the places where if I want to give you 10 bucks, I just give you the passcode or whatever, what do they call those things? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. But I can just transfer. Like the apps on, the, on your phone? Yeah, I can just transfer you 50 bucks in a, in a yeah. second if I want to, or those things. Yeah, I won't put one. Yeah, like Venmo. Yeah, like Venmo. Yeah. Thanks, man. And uh, so he went to the bank, and over a period of the next week or two, they, using all those people's cooperation, got virtually all of his money back. The, the thought of picking up the phone and calling the police or the, or the FBI never crossed anybody's mind, Kevin. And that, and that, to me, is is really horrible. Because, you know... It's, yeah, it's disappointing is what it is. Yeah. I mean, but they don't even—they don't even attempt. If you—if you—if you call up the, the the Chicago police 
and wait for them to come and do something. You, you've got to do it yourself. And Matty Weber's the, the company he works for, um, their whole their whole thing is is what credit card security, right? They don't they don't pay they don't even think they don't even look at law enforcement. And they're the ones that do what you're talking about. They they constantly what, what do they call it when they uh, they always ma- they make these little purchases all over the place. They actually they actually make the purchases five bucks here five bucks there. Any kind of weird spot because they want to see if if the if the the bill actually goes to the person whose site it is. He was telling me this one morning that they, in other words, if it's a if if uh, Matt Byrne has a flower shop and and Kevin O'Neill is selling. Uh, you know, whatever machine guns on the dark web or someplace, they'll they'll buy like a bullet from you just to see where the five hours lands, and it, it might land at Matt Burns' flower shop. So they know it's just a front. For yeah. and uh, so they do that like all day long, just to, just just so they're they're policing the web. I mean, the government's not doing it, <laughs> or maybe they yeah, are a little they bit. Get hired by clients to yeah. uh, um, you know to trace down money and things like that. So yeah, it's it's an interesting you know the whole cybersecurity world is an interesting discipline. It is not my area of expertise. Uh, I have a little because you know I had to manage in that world, um, but I, you know I had you know I had my uh, my cyber guy who handled all that. I you know I just saw the reports. How do you become a cyber guy? Uh, you, there's a lot of study that goes into it. Can we make uh, Matt Byrne our cyber guy? You, you can, you can, you can you come can to uh, Ivy Tech where I am, and you can get a, uh, a certificate, or you can get all the way to an associate's degree in cybersecurity. Really? Yeah. Now, where do you get the teachers? Uh, practitioners. Okay. I actually wouldn't mind taking those. I mean, if, I, if I took an intro class, how much of a dunce would I be? Um, you'd probably be up there pretty high. Is it a, a, a serious dunce? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was the line yeah, of candy? You'd be a candy? damn good dunce, Tom. You'd be really, really good. What was the line? Um, what was the line of candy? Generally, uh, generally, to get into the uh, first course, there's a prerequisite, so you'd have to come and and take like the uh, you know uh, informatics fundamentals from me. Oh God. When I when I teach in the IT program, I teach at the you know at the, at the very basic levels, you know, and, and things like project management and so on. I, I am not. You know, not in any way qualified to. Uh, you know, you know if, if, I, I'm really good in the overview courses because, for instance, we get to the sections on networks. I can really do a lot of talking, a lot of description on networks. I've sat down and designed them. I've talked through the security issues on them, all of that kind of stuff. But the next command I would put into a router would be the first. Ah, well, I'm so, sure, man. So I'm not. I'm not a technician. I I, I know how they work, but I'm not a technician. I know, I know Matt's probably never seen the movie, but remember the line where, and I'm no slouch myself. Judge, you're a tremendous slouch. Yeah, you're a slouch. tremendous slouch. <laughs> God. Um, anyway. Don't sell yourself short. I, uh, the reason why I wanted to talk about that for a while is because I couldn't, I, I, I was going to pull my hair out listening to the, the Fed sharing these. And, you know, guys are accusing him of not, basically not knowing what he's doing. He, he, he blamed all the, uh, inflation on the oil. And one guy finally said, Hey, Chairman Powell, the the uh, on the uh, and the oil and, and the and the war and Putin. He goes, the war's been going on six months. We had inflation for twenty years. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, or, or for longer than that. And he did he did cop to it. He did admit um, that yes, there was inflation going on before the Ukraine war. But I I don't, I don't 
uh, which which I'm probably which I'm sure is going to get him called on the carpet by someone in the Biden administration. Well, um, I don't. This probably not the president because the, the president has no clue. But I don't. I don't know what this whole this whole thing. I can't. I can't figure out. I don't, I don't even know to be who to be angry with because I, I, I don't see if if they don't figure out what they're doing pretty soon. There's going to be even more irreparable damages to certain parts of society of, of their balance sheet and everything, and I don't, I don't even know who to be angry with. I mean, the, the people that pass the bills. I mean, I'll give you just a, for the listeners, be real simple here. This, take this as basic. I mean, I, it's very seldom that I say, whenever I say, "Hey, you got to listen to me." This is one time. Take this as basic. When government decides to spend money, okay, they can. They can either do it one of they can do it one of three ways. They can tax for it, which people don't really like all that much. They can borrow it, which they do a lot, or they can print it. So all the people in the room, <clears throat> as much as they're they're giving him a load of crap, they're the ones that caused him to do what he did. What he did. So it's kind of this big, I don't know what you want to call it, a, a circle something of everybody criticizing everybody else yet. Yet, the, yet the, the the blame is all in the room. It's 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 everywhere. I mean, if he would have said, but I don't know why he didn't say it to one of the guys. Probably because he's more politically correct than I would be. Hey, you bump, you plast, you you pass. Last year you spent what five hundred billion dollars more than you took in. You taxed hundred million of it. You borrowed two hundred million of it, and I covered the other two hundred million. And guess what? That caused inflation. Don't be looking at me. Look look in the mirror. I mean, that's really the story, right? Well, it, it is the story, <coughs> and and the question is, okay, um, you know, which which increment pushed us over the over the ledge? And I, I think that's part of it too. Is we we probably could have. I mean, we talked about this, you know, back when when the Biden administration took office, uh, and and basically said. Yeah, there's going to be inflation. There, it, it's, you know, we, there can't there can't not be given all the money we spent uh, during the during the lockdown year. Um, so, it, you know, there was going to be, but at least the economy was going to come back, and all that the Biden administration had to do was stand back, do nothing, and take credit. Just pat yourselves on the back. And instead, they went and they spent more money. They they dumped yet another the American Rescue Plan in there. And that is what pushed it over the top. That that means there is no there's no more hiding it. Um, it it's obvious. It's in your face, and uh, and so that's where we are. Well, we're also coming off. Otherwise, otherwise it would have been more gradual. You know, and in, in, instead of and, and God, it, it just pains me every time I see someone say, "Well, it's eight point six percent." Oh, baloney! It's you know, it's the month over month times twelve, and uh, and and I you know, it's just. We're our own worst enemy in this. It's, it's well, I'm looking at my little my little cheat sheet sheet, and the thing about the inflation, which we talk about probably too much, but it's but it is the thing of the day. Uh, from February 2012 to February 2020, the the money supply went up an average of 7.3 percent a year. That is incredible. No, the money supply. Uh, versus growth, the idea is for you to maintain price stability. Now, this is very hard to do, by the way. So I'm not, don't, don't make it take, take it sound like a uh, third grader could do it. You can't. 
the idea is if if you grow three percent, you're going to need three percent more money for transactions to keep in the system to keep all the prices the same. Correct? It's it's somewhat logical, and so. When you have a, a, a years like that, 2012 to 2020, where was our growth even averaging two percent, Kevin? I'm going to say I don't no. Know what was the number? Uh, I don't even think it was that. It was, it was less than two. We, we we didn't get two until like we didn't start exceeding that until 2017, 18. Yeah. at that time frame. Right. So if if you're a strict monetarist, now they were pouring money in, and I, you know sometimes your velocity drops a little bit, so it's not exactly one-to-one. But if you were to tell anybody over a period of a decade, roughly, that you're going to grow your money supply by 7.3% and you're going to grow your economy by 1.5%, everybody in the class who's not a dumb-dumb is going to say, well, you got, you got roughly 5.5%, 6% inflation. Someplace. Like, should you choose to count it or not? So we when we did this, we already were coming from a base where we were pumping money into the system, trickling it in a little bit year by year by year, because we were in deficits every friggin' year, right? And to make it easier, and, and, and this is the, this is the problem with, um, real quick here, this is the problem with our current government. The Democrats want to spend money and don't have the balls basically to raise taxes to pay for it, because they, because then all of a sudden everybody's not gonna like them. And the, and the Republicans, uh, want to cut taxes, but they refuse to cut the spending to match the tax cut they just put put through, which which either way gets you to the same place, I think, Kevin. So, anyway, SP Peter's up 31, NASDAQ Peter's up 113. Be right back. Stocks and Jackson. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. 
Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Losing his mind. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. SP futures up 34 now. NSA futures up 118. Dow futures up 222. Uh, we have over in Asia. Got rallies across the board here. Nikkei up 320. It's 1.2%. Uh, Shanghai up 29.9%. Hang Seng up 445 to its 2%. We'll see if these guys can break out of this range. Because uh, they haven't really been able to go, go beyond 22,000. Again, they were 29,000 beginning of the year. A year ago, uh, uh, annual year ago, not not six months ago. We'll see if they can break out finally. Uh, Europe, DAX up one uh, thirty-two, one percent. FTSE up one hundred four, one and a half percent. CAC around up one twenty-eight, two point two percent. Yesterday we had a nice day. The Dow was up one ninety-four, S and P up thirty-five, Nasdaq up one seventy-five, seventy-nine. Roughly, kind of what we're doing today. Maybe we're not doing as much today yet. Uh, bonds up five basis points, three point one two. The bond up five basis point, one point four nine. Japan uh, keeps bouncing up and down here because the government's doing something with their tenure. Today they've got it pegged at 0.41. Uh, oil up 166. It has been been dropping like a rock. 105.93. Brent up 162. 111.67. Natural gas up six cents, 629. But that drop from over nine bucks is one of the most momentous things I've I've seen pretty much ever. I keep saying that, but in fact this stuff is like the wildest I've seen in 40 years of the business. Our Bob up four cents. The 381. We've got gold still can't go anywhere. Down 250, 18.27. Silver down 18 cents, 20.85. Copper unchanged, 373. And we've got Bitcoin up 473. Managed to be over 21,000, 21,243. But I think Bitcoin is kind of a, a shining light here. A lot of these other cryptos are just getting annihilated. And I think that company that has the exchanges bailing a lot of them out. So have, was it FTC or where those guys are on the? Umpire's jersey. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us, Trevor Weather Sports? Yeah, well, good morning. It's currently 6.35 a.m. on Friday, June 24th, 2022. Let's get you into sports real quick. Uh, and the MLB, Cubs away against the Pirates. Pirates win 8-7. to seven. White Sox take on Orioles at home but lose. Nothing to four. Wow. Uh, both teams back again tonight at 7.10 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time at Guaranteed Rate Field. Cubs as well back again tonight. Uh, Cardinals at St. Louis. Uh, that's 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, but uh, probably more worth worth your time is the Stanley Cup Game 5 tonight. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning against Colorado Avalanche in Denver. Colorado leads the series 3-1. to one. Catch that 7, 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Now for weather in Chicago. Uh, currently, it's sunny with a slight chill in the air, uh, 66 degrees, a high of 91, and a low of 64. In Phoenix, cloudy skies, 85 degrees, a high of 109, and a low of 85. 
Now for traffic in Chicago, a very heavy traffic eastbound on Eisenhower between Wolf Road and Harlem Avenue, and again, half heavy traffic westbound on Eisenhower between Laramie Avenue to First Avenue. Uh, that's caused by an outbound crash before Desplaines Avenue, exit 21A, uh, and that's causing up to an hour delay on both sides. Uh, other than that, traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between South LaSalle and the Jane Byrne Interchange downtown. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. Um, hey, Kevin, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I get the, uh, everybody talks about the option activity. You know, Janet Pete talk about it on uh, CNBC all the time. Well, I'm, I'm privy to that feed. I don't know if many people knew that, but, uh, and it's, I, you know, once in a while if I see something there, I'll, I'll do something for my clients that want to do something with it. Not, not, not too often, but once in a while. It is, it's really hard to read, especially lately. Um, when I say hard to read, it's easy to read. <laughs> Somebody bought something or sold something, but uh, I I can't. It makes you cringe every time you do it. Well, I just I, I can't believe the amount of huge trades that are made that absolutely don't work out. I mean, you think if there's, I'm looking at this one. Uh, we're on we're Friday morning. Well, Wednesday, I don't know, maybe mid afternoon, early afternoon. Somebody buys uh, twelve thousand five hundred of the eighty five calls in AMD. For like a dollar eighty, so I mean, I, I did the math. It's like two point two million dollars or some some number, and it's and it's for today. We're not talking about you know two months from now or somebody's gonna give themselves some room. And I'm sitting there looking at this, going, "Wait a minute! If, if AMD like it's taken over <laughs> at ninety five tomorrow, the the guy's gonna be under investigation for the rest of his life." And and then yesterday, I look at the stock, and it's down like three something straight eighty one. I'm going. What, what, what did this guy think he knew? <laughs> now today it's up a little bit. It's it's eighty three forty, but I'm not sure. I want those things at almost two bucks. That now we're going to expire this afternoon. And the same thing with that VIX trade last year was that a forty million dollar trade. Went out totally worthless. I mean, you see these big moves, and your instinct is to just well, God, somebody, somebody must know something. It is it is stunning how many times. To somebody don't know nothing. I mean, my South Side vernacular. Some, someone uh, thought, some, some people thought they knew something. Well, you could obviously, I mean, if, if you're a sophisticated trader, which some of the listeners probably are, most probably aren't, um, if you wanted to, and, and you want to take a massive short position, now why you'd want to do that over two days, I don't know, in AMD, you could buy all those calls and, and sell an equal amount of short stock against it. So you're, you're covered, like if you did this out till August, say, you're covered on the upside. So if it goes up, you can only, you can only lose your two million or whatever. But on the downside, if it goes to zero, you make out like a bandit, because you're short stack all the way down. But it, I don't think, I don't think that's what happened here, right? Well, but, t- tell me this, are there, are there people in the world who, you know, um, whether, whether you call it legal or just on the edge of it, uh, who make a living on, um, uh, on getting information, most of which pans out, but some of which doesn't, and they just consider that an acceptable loss of doing business because uh, because they do get a lot of information and they do get a lot of opportunities to uh, uh, to make a killing based on the information they get, whether it's considered insider information or it's just well placed rumors. Well, let's let's start from the uh, start from the beginning. <clears throat> Every time, well, not not me when I do. Uh, so then that's that's where you say we were walking down the yellow brick road. You see, yeah. Well, I mean, like if if, if somebody gives me, which happens a lot because I have a lot of clients, if somebody gives me some money, I I will generally put them in my protect, protected index program. 
So we'll pick an index. We'll pick the spiders. We'll pick the cues or a, a mix of them. We'll pick the Russell. And I'll, and I'll buy the underlying, which means I'm really buying the market. We're making an investment. I'll buy some put protection and I'll sell some out of the money calls with the intent of paying for the put protection. So in other words, I'm trying to give you a market return, uh, with protection and at the end of the day, you not have to pay for it. Okay. So that, that's what I do. But if, if I were to say, Kevin, you give me a hundred grand, we're going to go buy, uh, American Airlines. I mean, the reason why we make the trade is because we think we're smarter than the guy who sold it to us. I mean, let's not, let's, let's call a spade a spade, right? You, you think the stock's going up. Or I do, or somebody, or we read something on someplace. Or if you sell it, you think it's going down. You think you have some sort of information, whether it's out of the Wall Street Journal, whether it's out of Barron's, whether, whether you, you got a keyhole into the bathroom and a guy's talking about a takeover or, or talking about a plane crash. Whatever it is, you, you think you know something. Now it may be you just like American Airlines over the next 20 years. And you know, you're not, you're not trying to, to, to jump anybody. But, but by and large, there's people right, that say, I just got off the plane and said, oh God. Yeah. Magic. I, I, they got me there. Yeah. You know, I mean, so there's, there's a million reasons why people buy stock, but a real lot of them or sell is because you think you know more. When I used to give seminars all the time, the, the, if you want to get the dumbest look out of people, they'll say, hey, who bought what this week? And somebody would raise their hand and say, I bought some G. I said, okay, it's great. No, why did you buy G? Well, I bought it because I like the company. I got, you know, uh, Matt Burns' newsletter, and Matt says it's going to scoot up from here, and it's totally oversold, and blah, blah, blah. I said, so you decided you were going to buy it? Yeah. I said, well, who'd you buy it from? Oh, what do you mean? Well, who'd you buy it from? Well, I bought it from in the market. I went to the, no, no. You, you bought it from a person. The exchange is just the intermediary. You bought it from, say, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin said sell. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin said sell. So you guys out of my wallet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so what makes you think you're smarter than Kevin today? They've heard the show. Well, they've heard the show. But the guy, and they'll say they look at me like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Well, you're buying it from somebody who obviously has." Unless they're just liquidated because somebody died, they have the opposite idea that you do, right? And what makes you think you're the smarter person today? And, and, and the only way you'll, you'll learn that, Kevin, really learn it, is is to be a market maker like I was. Because in, when you're a market maker, all you do is make a market. And somebody would say, G 25s and I'll go, eighth a quarter. All right, I'll buy 20. C 25s eighth a quarter. I'll buy another 20. All of a sudden you go... Uh, I'm three five now, <laughs> and hoping hoping like hell that the next guy comes in and sells them to me at three, so I at least make a teeny on this thing. Or I might be, you know, one and a quarter three eighths, hoping that somebody sells them at a quarter and I can at least scratch the darn thing. The thought never never crossed my mind that I was smarter than the person initiating the trade. I just, I was just making a market, hoping that one guy'd be buying and the next guy'd be selling, which rarely happened. Uh, so the idea that. Every time you go in, your newsletter is better than the other guy's newsletters, and you're just going to buy something that's just going to go up. Well, we did this for eight years, you know, with the government pouring money in and all those kinds of things. Yeah, so, but that's not that's not reality over a generation at all. I mean, in an individual trade. But I guess I'm, I'm stunned at the amount of money these guys spend on these trades. And it's almost like, for a while, I think a lot of them were working out. But sure seems to me like most of them now aren't. I mean, I don't, I don't look at every one it. I can't imagine if somebody gave me ten million bucks and I call them up today and say, "By the way, Joe, you've only got eight left. 
How'd you manage to do that in a week? Well, I bought $2 million worth of these AMD calls, and eh, it just didn't work out. <laughs> How do you have that conversation, Kevin, with somebody? Um, <laughs> I don't know. So, and, and what's great is they're, they're directing your, uh, telling you what to do, and I am sure that um, they give themselves all the credit when it's going well, and all the blame goes to you when they're not. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And uh, Anyway, so what... Uh, uh, Lou couldn't wait to throw this thing out here. Uh, did you get it from him yesterday? The uh, Biden administration adjustments to Title IX. Uh, I, I I did see that, but I didn't read it. I I was in Indianapolis all day, and I got home late, so um, uh, I I didn't read it. Um, so what what are they doing? Well, it's uh they've they've really opened up the idea. See, the Biden administration Tuesday proposed changes to the federal civil rights statute banning sex discrimination in federally funded education programs, including expanding protections to sexual orientation and gender identity. One proposed change would make clear that preventing any person from participating in an education program or activity consistent with their gender identity would would subject them to more than de minimis harm on the basis of sex and therefore be prohibitive unless otherwise permitted by Title IX or the rest. If adopted, the rule change would bar universities and any other federally funded institutions from maintaining men's and women's sports and sex-segregated spaces like locker rooms and dormitories. Really? Cool. So what we're really saying is we're going to end all women's sports because very few women would be able to compete with men. And uh, so the whole purpose of Title IX to create opportunities um, for women back when it was uh, back when it was written, it was to create opportunities for women who weren't getting opportunities. For example, in sports, by saying that the colleges don't care about women's sports, they only care about men's sports, and therefore we're going to force them to care about women's sports. And all that's going to go away because when you can't have gender-specific sports, then that means the women won't uh, won't be able to compete with the men. Well, plus, good job. That's good thinking. Plus, I'm Remember sure. How many times did I say on Wednesday they don't think things through? Well, the, uh, the I'm sure every school going back. I don't know if anybody does it anymore. Every school going back always had somebody, male or female, that would find a way to to put a hole in the wall of the other locker room. Right <laughs> now, you don't have to do that. You just walk in. Well, they didn't say you couldn't have separate locker rooms. Uh, that's what it just said. In sex-segregated spaces like locker rooms and dormitories. Oh, okay, okay. I, did, I, I missed that part. Okay. Porkies would be a very different movie, wouldn't it? Yeah. Your yeah, could you remember just said? Yeah. What are they trying to do? Remove, get Porkies out of them? Yeah. You know, kill Porkies. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You know what? I'm, I don't. I try not to be a total luddite, but I don't get this at all. I mean, I honestly don't. I, I don't either, and 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 I don't get why the Biden administration really wants to get. Their, the Democrats' brains beat in in the midterms and in the next and in the next presidential election, but they seem hell bent on it. Yeah. I, uh, well, hey, we don't. We only have uh, like 10, 10, 12 minutes here. What critique? Critique a little bit. Uh, here's my my interview late yesterday with with Karen uh, Reeves. I, I mean, I really like her, and I, I I think Kevin that if we went around and found. A hundred people running for Congress, maybe way more, but I'm say the freshman or second term. I think we would find an awful lot of people just like her, not not in the sense that they agree with everything she does or anything like that. I mean, I, to me, I don't even I don't really even care about somebody's politics to, to some extent anyway. 
as long as the person has some common sense, his ability to talk to people, and is willing to <clears throat> listen to somebody else's side of the story, I'm all for him. But I, 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 it, that's, that's where I am on this stuff. But I, I compare her and, to a large extent, Keith Peacock, who was on. I can't imagine them in that room yesterday, either one of them on a personal level, in that, in that ridiculous conversation with Powell where everybody's trying to throw blame all over the damn place and it, it all, and it, and it should land right back on their collective heads. I don't, I mean, I, what, what, how do we go from good people going someplace to the, the, the mess we're in? I mean, and, and, and what, if, if she wins and if, and if Keith wins at the end of the year, at the end of two years, what are we going to say? I mean, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, the four people I saw last year on the Democratic side that just won the freshman people, I, they seemed very nice to me. Every, every one of them. Uh, the poor guy looked like Putin. I don't know how he's doing, but, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, and he, remember, remember the story with the, the deer with the target, target on his chest that his buddy goes, that's a bummer of a birthmark, pal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, but I, but I, I didn't hear any story as much as I thought I liked these four people that somehow Nancy Pelosi wanted some bill to come through and these four freshman representatives set up yours and didn't vote for it. I mean, I don't see anybody, you know, cutting, cutting away from the chain. Every, every one of the Republican votes is 100%. Every one of the Democrats votes is 100%. That's not what I want. I mean, uh, and I, I hope that, that Karen, or, or Keith can do that, but I wonder, what is the pressure? What if they do? Are they just, they might as well come home, or what? I mean, it seems like it must be that way. Well, you know what? The only way to do it is to just go in and upset the place completely. So if, if you have, uh, you know, who, who has gone in as freshmen over the last maybe four to six years, um, as, as young, young people in Congress and, uh, and then they've sort of reshaped the way their parties vote and the way their parties deal with things. Who can you think of? To a very small extent, till they get co-opted, the Tea Party people, maybe. The, the Tea Party people did somewhat in 2010. That didn't um, last. That didn't last. How about um, Alexander Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, um uh, Corey Bush, to an extent, you know that that group, uh, th- that group of people, they are so damn vocal, and you know, and, and always in front of the cameras that they put a lot of pressure. Not that that what, not that Pelosi never wanted to go that far left anyway, but they really forced it. They forced that party leftward, and they did it by being, you know, like in their face everywhere. Well, Newt, Newt did that, and, and you know that it could be that's that's what Congress needs. But how can you be reasonable and in your face at the same time? You know? Well, when Newt did it when they first had a C-SPAN, he would give a speech like every week in front of an empty house, but nobody could see it was empty. They just they had the thing, the camera was just on his face. But he he made, he made a name for himself by going down in front of the camera on, on C-SPAN. That's that's how he became. You know the, the the guy that everybody knows, and and, just, and ended up being a speaker, right? He was the head of the Tea Party group. But it's almost when what Keith? No, he really wasn't. He wasn't the part of the Tea Party group. He was gone by then. That's right. But he but he became a speaker. He, 
he he got his power really by he national the speaker, and they did you know they did the contract with America. That yeah. was the the big thing that they got out there, um, and uh, you know yeah, I mean it, it, he he was he was effective. Well, when Keith was on again, this is Keith Peacock, the mayor of Orland, was running in the sixth district. Uh, when he was on, he said, and I, I, I will not forget this. He he said, I've already talked to at least thirty people running. And he goes, I hope, you know, most most of us win. He goes, on both sides of the aisle. He goes, we agree on a lot of stuff, and we're all going to be freshmen. We're not going to put up with that, not not having nothing, having no no input and nothing to say. He goes, I'm too old for that. And I yeah, thought, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if we just worked on the things where everybody agrees? Yeah, well. You know, and, and, and just said, we don't have to fight over all the rest of that stuff because nobody's going to win anyway. And... You know, and and honestly, there's there's so many things uh, where there's inconsistencies. What did I what did I hear yesterday? It, it's something like they they want to make um, they want to make the tobacco companies take nicotine out. Well, they want to cut the amount of nicotine, and they they think they just ban the the vapes, right? And and ban the vapes. Now, these are the same people that want to legalize marijuana. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, are are they really sincere? Or are they just shaking? The, are they just trying to shake the trees? Well, you what, can't. What's going on? They're the same people that want to decriminalize fentanyl. Well, I'm, everybody knows what it. What the heck yeah. is that? Well, but, but, yeah. but you're so concerned about everybody's health. I see. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, it, it sounds like we could do something intelligent. Like let's just work on the three things that we agree on. I don't know right now, Kevin. It, with the economic state of affairs at a place. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, that you know, and everything you do is going to cost something, and it's going to take away from something else. I don't think right now you can do just one thing. And you know, I, I uh, heard something. I wish they do nothing because I think they do far less harm doing nothing than they would by reacting to things. And frankly, you know, we got the Biden administration doesn't react to anything until it's a crisis anyway. Well, one of the you know, and, and and what are the examples? Or, you know, did we was the handwriting on the wall about baby formula? Months, months. As soon as you were on, as, it, as soon as you it, it, it found the news. Yeah, was the uh, um, did did we know about uh, uh, you know the the ports backing up uh, in in Los Angeles and Long Beach months before it got in the news? Yeah, that was going on. You know, we were talking about it in my classes in uh, in, in January of that year when the Biden administration took office. Go back and look at any interview with Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, and all he ever talked about was uh, electric cars, green energy, electric trucks. He had no clue that there was a problem in the ports. And then, of course, what was our solution? We'll make them work 24-7. Guess what? Still backed up. Not not the, uh, um, because the problem wasn't the ability to unload the ships. The problem was the ability to get things out of the ports. And they still haven't addressed that, and and it keeps going on and on. I mean, whether it's uh, you know whether it's su- uh, supply chain disruptions, whether it's uh, um, you know uh, uh, oil prices, whatever it is, you know now we're going to just beat up on the oil uh, oil industry, which which was also great. We had that they had that meeting with Granholm yesterday. Yeah, what, what happened and, there? Uh, I had a chance to read that. Uh, well, well, you know, they're trying to in- intimidate them. Tell them they're making too damn much money. I think their profit margins are in the uh, you know five percent range. Um, but tell them they're making too damn much money because we're looking at the gross amount of, uh, rather than the the ROIs there. But aside from that, um, we're 
was on the Sunday shows last weekend saying, uh, yeah, we need them to produce more now, but we're still going to kill them in, in, uh, over the next, uh, you know, five years, five to ten years, um, yeah, because yeah. we need to we need to convert to greener energy sources. So you're going to sit there and say, ramp up your production now, so we can just really well, kill you later. Yeah, okay, but we don't have any money getting your refineries going again, uh, back up to full production, so that we can really squash that investment now. These people are just idiots. Well, they're, they're friggin' idiots. And so when I say I would rather have them do nothing, I'm serious. Well, I think that if you looked at your antitrust issue, I mean, if you were to, and if you were to pointed, you know, somebody like me who actually cares about antitrust, and said, "Hey, chief, take a look at this uh, baby formula thing," I would look at the structure of that comp- of that industry, and I'd say. This is so fascist, it's scary. There's four people, the government's involved, it's a cartel. If anything ever ever happens, we're going to have a problem. Because nobody's going to enter the industry, because they can't, because they're not getting the government contract, and you got an issue. And I will bet, well, last week whoever was on was saying in the, the ladies' aisle at the Walmart, there's not enough tampons or whatever. I, I bet if you if you put a, I was going to say a deep dive, I won't say that. Uh, I would say if you did a, a study of that, say that industry, you're going to find that there's somewhat of a problem. Now I'm going to say that in the oil industry right now, oil is up to 100 and was up to 120 dollars a barrel. Okay, now the last time oil got to 120 dollars a barrel, gasoline got to four something. Now this time it got to damn near six. That that it, if I'm president, that's cause for concern, not an indictment or anything. I'm going to ask the question: Hey, Matt, what are you doing this week? Uh, nothing. Well, then, yeah, you are. You're going to investigate the oil industry and find out how all of a sudden this this now equals another dollar at the pump. If it means that four refineries were were forced to shut down or got old and nobody let them build a new one, I guess I understand it. If if one refinery decided to take the time off and just close for four months, so now there's eight when there should be nine or ten, and and they do this every time this happens. Now maybe I got a problem. Uh, I mean, I, but there, there is a question there, Kevin. I mean, where, where exactly is the bottle? Like, I don't think the guy at the gas station's making the dough. I don't think that Exxon and those guys—they're making the dough from the, you know, oil going from thirty to one twelve. I get that part, uh, and so is the Arabs and everybody else. I mean, that's what happens when prices go up. But is, is there some other bottleneck that we don't know about, or even though we got you know five thousand swinging idiots over at the Department of Energy? Is there a bottleneck here that they should have known about, should have warned about, and I didn't hear about? I mean, there, there is there is cause for concern. That's what's causing me the concern, is, is all of a sudden it seems like the, the spread between the oil in the barrel and the gas in the tank is way high, higher than it's ever been. But I said this week, I, our Bob is down to what, 385. Normally, our Bob is at 75, 80 cents, sometimes even 60 cents, and that's what you're paying. Well, we're not paying that. I'm paying five eighty-five. Well, where's the other dollar twenty coming from? There, there, there's a question there. Is what I'm saying. Now, whether well, there's, yeah, there's all of that time, and I'm and I'm with you. My bigger problem is that the problem has to exist for eight months before there's any reaction at all. It's, it's and, got, and so all it's doing is festering and getting worse. It's got to. It's got to get. And, and that is the that is the hallmark of this administration is that they're just oblivious to what's going on around them. I, you know, when when did they get? What what happened? Now I I would hate to think that this was the sole driver of uh, Pete Buttigieg's uh, focus, but when did we finally start 
publicly beating up on the airlines uh, the day after Pete Buttigieg's flight to Washington got canceled. Well, I mean, I think that once these guys are very reactive to Twitter, to TV, to whatever, and the gas prices can creep up, creep up, and you and I are going to say, boy, these things are going up every week. All of a sudden, one day it becomes a story. It just, it's, 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 it's a lot of it's like, it's almost like trading, Kevin. We got to, we got to break here. But it's like, you see this, this, this stack having some trouble, having some trouble. Looks like the company's doing something. All of a sudden, one day, somebody, somebody prints this big article saying, God, these guys aren't making any money and the thing collapses. It's, it's maybe been obvious there for two years. That sales well, are, that's not how I want government to work. I want government to have its finger on the pulse. I think they have, I think they're watching. It's not going to, by the way. I have no expectation that they will. It's just that that's the way they are now. They, they, they fight. What my, one of my lawyer buddies says, they, 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 they bash the alligator closest to the boat. That's uh, I doing. think they wait until the alligator's actually in the boat with the whole alligator family and this crawling around. <laughs> That's possible. Kevin, have a nice weekend, bud. SP Futures up. They're only up 24 now. We were up 30. SP Futures only up 78. We're down. We're up 125. But we're still up. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Have you ever heard the expression, the customer is always right? Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. 
Saxon Jacks. Tom Howell, we had Burn on the board. Is it Tennessee Ernie Ford? Yeah, a little bit of Tennessee Ernie Ford for the morning. Uh, what a great I almost St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I almost sold at a company store. That's <laughs> right, yeah. Carl, what do, you, what do you think of the company store? we got a lot, a lot of that going on, it seems, these days. You know, it seems that that's pretty much all we got going on right now, isn't it? Yeah, it seems. It's, uh, I, I can't... You know, it, 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 I, well, uh, so... I want to quickly hit on this uh, this thing you were talking about with crypto, because um, you, you you pinged me this morning when I heard that, uh, and, and that whole thing went on. The bi- the biggest problem you have with crypto, and you know now everybody is screaming, oh oh, give us some regulation, and you're right because what they're trying to do is avoid getting hammered for their own screw ups, right? Right. But the real the real problem. Uh, which has been uncovered, and nobody's really talking about it yet, but but they should be, is that in order to transact between cryptocurrencies and anything else, you have to have some intermediary exchange mechanism, and everybody thinks that the way that that happens is that you have dollars, and you trade them to somebody who has cryptocurrency, and they... Like like you trade stocks, right? Right. I want it. I want a share of GE. I give you money. You give me a share of GE, and and that's I mean that you know that's that's how this works. No, that's not how it works. It it works that way more or less in the United States. That's not how it works globally. There are because there is no international regulation, and there never will be. So you can forget about this ever not being a fraud laced mess. There are these things called stable coins, which have been around forever. They they came into existence at the same time that that uh, the Bitcoin did. Okay, and the premise behind them is that every stable coin has a actual physical piece of currency in some denomination behind it. So a tether, for example, is a dollar. Okay. So for every tether that exists in the world, there is supposed to be one dollar that somebody has that backs that tether. Or or point eight euro dollar or point nine pounds. Whatever whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it's denominated in, okay, whether it's a dot whether it's a tether and it's in dollars or it's something else that's in euros or yen or whatever. The problem is there is no evidence that that backing actually exists. And in fact, it doesn't. Ah. So, how does Bitcoin go to 60,000, supposedly? Um, because some guy over here in China invented tethers and bought Bitcoins with them and literally manufactured the supposed backing out of thin air. Nobody put up the dollars to back those coins. That's it was terrible. counterfeited. Really? Now, there's evidence that this has happened. There's no proof because there's no audits. Gee, we don't have to worry about things like audits. I mean, if you, you know, <laughs> if you could go on a stock exchange 
and and you could quote unquote buy shares of General Electric without actually having to have money to give to the person who sold them to you. It would be nice. <laughs> what could you do to the price of GE stock? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So this entire this entire scheme. This is this is the problem with with this sort of thing in general. People assume that that you know this transaction is at least as clean as it is when I go to the grocery store or the gas station and I you know and I stick the nozzle in my tank and I you know I, I, now it's a hundred bucks right. That I actually had to give somebody the hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know what? If I could run the hundred dollars. On my uh, on my nice little laser printer here in my office. <laughs> yeah, well, be, what? Uh, well, I mean, I guess. The, the, why do people believe? And you know, I, I guess it maybe could be true that, that that nobody's in charge. That 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 nobody's scooping up the ones that haven't been touched in ten years because people can't find their pass. I find it unconscionable that that, uh, that there's nobody to call anywhere. I mean, so somebody gets hacked, a hundred million bucks. Who'd even call? Is there a Mister Bitcoin well, someplace? I mean, yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, this is. Uh, you know, this is basically the problem, though. Is that it, in in the in the real world where you and I live, where we actually, you know, we go buy beer, or gas, or groceries, or whatever have you. In the real world, if you take any sort of electronic payment, there is a set of standards called PCI, which in the end. And the the interchange networks are kind of serious about this stuff, right? They really mean it. There is a set of standards that are published that you have to meet, and if you do not, they will not let you take that that sort of payment. And and that's exactly why. All right. I mean, nowadays it goes so far as to, I mean, it, it, it really gets very technical. But it start. I mean, you know, it starts with the thing. You know, that little lock that you have on your browser when you go to an HTTPS site. Well, there's more to it than just the fact that, that lock shows up. <laughs> I, there's there's actual standards for what's the certificate, you know, what is the strength of certificates, the the private keys, and, and all the other things that go into this. And then you get into the other stuff along with this. Uh, I, I had somebody who uh, who was on my forum that that got audited on this stuff and failed, and they failed over something that uh, was pretty esoteric. Um, but I, I actually couldn't argue with the fact that they'd been failed for this. And I said, you know, you really, this, this really should be fixed. This is, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say, you know, you're going to get banged right now. But uh, yeah, there's, there's a risk here, and this is something that that, that should. I, I, God love these people that they actually care, right? Yeah. Well. So I mean, you know, but there it is. And, and the problem is, is that when it comes to these these crypto exchanges. I, the, the, one of the other things that's going on now is apparently Coinbase um, is is refusing to allow you to transfer crypto out without telling them not only where it's going, but what the purpose of the transaction is. Well, when they when they say a hundred million of crypto has been stolen, does that mean say you had a million in crypto? You got to go find it and find out that yours has been redeemed and you don't have any anymore. Is that who do they who do they heck it from? Well, that's my question. Yeah, but here's but here's the thing, and and this is my problem with all of this this sort of stuff. Cryptocurrency, you know, if if I have a million dollars 
um, by the way, some guy that had had a hundred grand or something like this in, in his in his house, I think it was somewhere near Atlanta, some rich dude. Uh, I think it was a sports sports figure. Um, someone broke in and stole it. Okay. Uh, Matty Weber will tell you that ninety percent of all stealings now are online, <laughs> not, not real. Well, uh, but I mean, yeah. this was this was you know physically broken and and stole the the money. Okay. Well, he must, know, the old-fashioned way that we used to rob banks. Well, this right? guy, I'm going to say that somewhere the guy mouthed off that he had 100000 at home, or else why would anybody do that? Well, yeah, how did anybody know it was there, right, to yeah. start with? So, so yeah, but but here's the thing. That's that's actually, I mean, if that happens to you, um, that money is actually gone. You will never be able to trace it to who got it, where it was spent, you know, because... What are the odds that you have all the serial numbers of every hundred dollar bill that you have I, in your closet? Right. Wait, don't, don't ever assume, Carl, that that uh, <laughs> a lot of guys I play softball with and stuff are police. But don't ever assume that the person who stole it isn't a blithering idiot and and didn't go right down the block and try and buy a Ford pickup with fifty grand in cash or something. Oh, absolutely, and, and you know what? Maybe they'll get caught. But, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that with cryptocurrency, that is never true because every transaction that has ever been made in any cryptocurrency is in the blockchain. And so where it went, where it came from, is always traceable, all the way back to the very first transaction when it was allegedly mined, you know, by solving mathematical problems. All right, so, Every so. transaction, I don't care what subdivision, if you send somebody one one-hundredth of a Bitcoin, and that person goes and spends it in this place, and that person spends it in this place, and that person, and finally somebody spends it on a bag of weed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the, the, it, if, if and then that guy gets busted, and you live in a state where weed's not legal, and they they bought a bag of weed, how that uh, all the way back to where that original transaction came from can be traced. Every single person it went through. But it, now there are ways to try to obfuscate that, and and people do. They put them through what are called tumblers, which is basically a fancy way of of money laundering. It's essentially the same sort of thing that the mob has done forever, right? You, you know, you you put the the money through something that looks legitimate, and you know goes in one end and comes out the other, and it's all fungible, and so nobody cares. Except that when it comes to cryptocurrency, they're not all fungible because every single one of these things. Is individually serialized and traceable, but it's traceable Always. to it's traceable to what? Not to you. It's traceable to a machine. Well, it's traceable to whatever the address of that particular account is. All right. So if if I've been doing no good stuff from the Ukraine with, on, on some old computer, all of a sudden one day a Russian shell lands on my computer, all of a sudden the trace is gone. Right. Well, it's not gone. It just goes to something that got blown up. Yeah. Yeah, but the, but the, but that's the thing is that the, the point is that twenty years from now, the path that every one of those coins took can be absolutely ascertained in a way that is admissible in court as proof. Okay, so if, if you were the the person, you or I, that that, that grabbed this hundred mil, it couldn't be me because I don't know how to do it. Uh, is it possible for me to spend? 100 mil in the crypto world even then if if I'm even the guy in Ukraine that sends it to Tesla Musk really will take a you know a bitcoin for a car and a car delivers they they must know that I that the, the that particular piece of bitcoin went to Tesla and the car came to my place right yeah well that's that's exactly the point is that the 
the issue with stealing, you know, with this kind of a heist, okay, is that with with effort, and by the way, the blockchain, the entire point of it is it's public, so anybody can undertake this analysis. You don't have to be the Federal Reserve or the FBI or, you know, whatever. Anyone can do this. It, it, if, if you are the person who got robbed and you know where it came from, assuming it's legitimate, the, the, the original, you know, the way you got it was legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, of course, is always the next question, right? Is, yeah. does, does the person who got robbed want to admit that they got robbed? Um, then being able to figure out where it went, who do, who got it, is, uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, every one of those transactions is traceable. One of the things that's especially nasty about this sort of thing, and, and one of the reasons that I have long argued that at least in the in the um, in the realm of these kinds of things that are not these sorts of, of coins that are not issued by a government, uh, is that for this reason the the capacity to retroactively void a transaction and expose me. Uh, even if my my possession was unwitting, is very real, and and do recall that if you have if you have come by something illegitimately, whether you knew it or not, right? Let's say let's say that you buy a car from somebody, the car ends up being stolen. That you paid somebody for the car doesn't matter. You don't have rightful title to the car. Right. Oh yeah, I get so, it. So, so when the cops come and seize the car to give it back to the person who had it stolen from them, you're the one who loses. Well, yeah. Well, it's. I mean, if, yeah, if you if you buy a car that, that has been stolen, if if it's found, it goes back to the original owner. You're, you're screwed. You're screwed, right? And 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 the problem is this same thing exists with all cryptocurrencies, all of them, yet that currently exist. And and the retroactivity because of the fact that, that this goes back, you know, the blockchain is immutable. It's it's there since the first thing. Uh, if it turns out that one of the bitcoins that you got was was transacted for because somebody was selling kilos of fentanyl, um, you you conceivably could have it seized from you ten years from now. Well, so the, the hundred million, not a hundred million. Actually, it's a billion because there was somebody who got. Wrapped for six hundred, and somebody wrapped for three hundred. Right. So this makes this makes roughly a billion that's gotten heisted. So right. if if I'm if I'm in the system, I have to really be concerned that the next Bitcoin I buy isn't one of these, and if, and if it is, I, it might be yanked from me uh, unceremoniously. Yeah, and there's and there's and there's no, I mean, without you doing the diligence on this, there's no way for you to know. And and the other problem is because these coins are are infinitely divisible. You, you could have four tenths of one of the ones that was stolen. Wow, that's a. That's a that, I mean, I you yeah. know, I people think that this sort of stuff is some is some sort of magic. It's not, and and the idea. I mean, there is no there is no legal structure right now that deals with this problem, and and it is, but it is well established in law throughout the world. That if you come into possession of something that you do not have a rightful title to, and that title is traced to something that was stolen, you lose it. Well, what? Um, 
That is interesting. So, how, how long? What, what is he? What, what if it's five years from now? Doesn't matter. It doesn't uh, chief? It doesn't make any difference if you have the car for ten years. They still take the car. That's interesting. Well, I mean, I, I, know, I know you're right. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I just I, I haven't thought about it in that regard. But obviously, I know if I buy a stolen car, I'm in trouble. I mean, I, I know that part. I just, well, you lose the car. Yeah, you may not go to jail because you didn't know it was stolen. Right. Okay, but you lose the car. Well, that's always good. Hey, well, uh, I'm just saying that's you know this yeah. is the problem that people is, and nobody is paying attention to this. Uh, they should be. Well, there's there's no value in these things because it, until there is global surveillance on this, so that you know that that which you acquire, you have rightful title to, and because of the indivisibility of these things, that that risk is ever present, and there's no way to extinguish it. Is there? If I run through run it through an exchange, and I say, I'm tired of all these people being hacked. I own whatever. It would be nice if I did. I own t- ten bitcoins. I, I just, I just want regular money. How do, how do I even do that? You got to go to an exchange, or what do you I mean? How do you? Is that what coin? Well, you have to find somebody who's willing to give you to give you money for them, and and yeah, I mean, the, you know, the easy way is the same way that you do it with a, with shares of stock, right? Is you do it through an exchange. But there's nothing preventing you from from doing that by you know you and I, uh, you know, just do it. But there's no there's no central like. Registrar like ADC or like the, you know the uh, New York Stock Exchange or whatever the uh, the depositor. There's nobody once it comes out of an exchange. In other words, the exchange doesn't form do any sort of uh, due diligence on the on my five bitcoins. So if I get the cash from them, uh, they 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 didn't. Well, there's no serial number in the damn thing. I guess I mean they, they they in other words they can't tell me they're clean. They don't have any way to know. Okay. Okay, they they do know that the chain, um, you know, that, that the chain is intact, and therefore the person who claims to have them um, has them. Okay, but but they don't know that they don't know the provenance of of how that ended up there. There's no you're talking about it, what now now the expectation is they're going to analyze every single transaction and find the guy who was dealing fentanyl down in Mexico. No, but I'm saying if. if if, if you if you come to PTI and you buy thousand shares of GE, it, it has to go through DTC. DTC is going to at least see the serial number and it. It's not a piece of paper anymore. That's, that's, that's right. There's a centralized clear. But see, yeah. that's the thing. There's a centralized clearing mechanism. It's the same. It is the essential function that the Federal Reserve provides that that, that nobody ever wants to talk about as as being actually good. Which is that when you wire money to somebody and you have a Fed control number. That that's that's actually vouched for that that those funds are real. Yeah. Okay, and that's and that's the you know that's what makes commerce possible on a national international scale is that when when you you know you have a hundred thousand dollar transaction there really is a hundred thousand dollars it really exists. My Federal Reserve buddy, uh, use first name Robert, who is does a lot of work with uh, international clearing. Right. I don't know if you remember this. He said back in the day, you know, his group changed this. Uh, he said that all the currency transactions, are w- of which there's like a bazillion of them every day, right? Uh, right. That the, I think it was, he said the dollar to the, might have been before euro, but it was the, the dollars used to clear 
into the European currencies at like 11 o'clock, and then the, the European currencies would clear back to the dollar at like 12 o'clock. <laughs> he said there always was a, a thought there that they could they should clean that up and it should be done simultaneously. He right. said, sure enough, one day, some little bank in Germany or someplace went under between 11 and 12. Yeah, it screwed the. If if it can happen, it will. Sort of a. Well, but that's but see the thing is is that when you know this is this is where uh, my issue with all of this to begin with is that the technology, cryptography, the, the technology is immensely valuable. It's it's the reason we have internet commerce today. All right, without it, you you couldn't do business on your bank. You couldn't go log into your bank account and and you know pay your power bill. Because somebody else would pick off the transaction, they'd pick off your account number, and they'd steal all your money. Right. All right. So, I mean, we have, you know, that is a tremendously, tremendously influential and powerful thing, and it's, and it's a very good thing. But the idea that somehow um, using cryptography creates a store value or funds, there's, there is no structure that goes along with this. It's very, it, it's, it's very similar, but a hundred times worse than what happened during the 1990s. You had all these companies, and you know, I was in the middle of it because we're running an internet firm. You had all these companies that were claiming that they, you know, they were going to do this and they were going to do that from a standpoint of their, you know, their economic performance in the future. Public firms issuing, and, and, and wannabe publics issuing S1s, um, it claimed the, the forward GDP of the world ten times over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, guess what? That was fraud. You, you, it, it, there, there was no possibility that five years hence you were going to actually produce the GDP of the world ten times over. That was not possible. Now, figuring out exactly who was scamming and who wasn't, that's a difficult problem. But knowing that in aggregate this was a load of BS was was trivially easy to discern, and you could see that all the way back into the mid 1990s. I took uh, back in this is the stupid stuff I always did. You know, I took like the top fifteen dot bombs, and a few of them actually made it. I mean, they're still here, and I I looked at their their stock prices, and I, and realized and said, okay, now if they're going to have a this kind of margin, some day somewhere they have to make this kind of money. If the stock's going to be two hundred bucks, and right. uh, and if you if you added them all up, it was like like twice the GDP. It was like some some mad. Now it isn't to say if you had the right one or two out of the fifteen, you'd you'd be fat and happy. But but God, if you just if you bought the wrong ones, they couldn't all do the, just like you said. They they couldn't all get there. Well, yeah, but uh, all right, so. You know, this is this is the basic problem that you have with the, with distributed systems when people start. You know, when the tulip mania gets going in any particular asset class, is that figuring out exactly who's scamming is hard, but that in aggregate it's a scam right. is easy. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and that's and that is the you know that challenge. Um, but this is you know this is a mania that. Uh, every every piece of evidence that I have is that this is a manipulated mess that is a hundred times worse than than pretty much anything else that we've ever seen, and it's been enabled by the fact that there are there are places um, where uh, if if you want to buy a bitcoin, 
and you're not in the United States, you're somewhere else, those places do not take actual currency. You, they transact entirely in another cryptocurrency that is supposedly a stable coin, and there is no auditing and no regulation to make sure that those actually are backed by something real, that somebody actually gave them cash in some currency, some real currency, in exchange for those things. And so it, it, it literally is, is, I mean, you know, people, people talk all the time about, oh, the Fed's printing money. The Fed's not printing anything. Congress is spending money in deficit that they don't have. That gives the Federal Reserve treasuries that they can then issue credit against. Without Congress taking that action first, the Federal Reserve has nothing to transact with. You want to know where the problem is with inflation, where it's all coming from, go take a look at the 535 clowns that are in Washington, D.C., and you will find the problem. Well, that's what I was talking about the first hour with uh, the, the, the Hall of Congressmen hurling stuff back and forth to Powell. And, you know, the thing that I, uh, I don't know, I guess it's, it just bothers a living bejesus out of me, but a lot of stuff does. The idea that they would stop giving people money supply numbers so you can't even see what they're doing, I i got to believe those numbers are still available for the select few. And now today, after he's been talking for two days, now it doesn't surprise me at all, really, and although I'm, I'm, I guess I'm too dumb to trade on this suspicion. Whenever he talks, no matter what, they put money in the system and the market at least is stable that week, or at least tries to be. Right. And so, now this week, last night or yesterday, they're supposed to put out the Federal Reserve balance sheet. Now they haven't done it yet. And every time there's an issue with... You know, somebody talking on the hill, they just delay it. You can't tell me this number isn't calculated by somebody. Now, in the last three weeks, it's all, it's all creeped up. Now, they talk about this, uh, the Fed's dual mandate, which now I guess is three because they're supposed to take care of, uh, people of color as well. I don't know how they're going to do that. But, I mean, I would say their dual mandate is, right now, is to keep interest rates low for the federal government as long as they can, as far as they can, and it's to keep the stock market up. It has nothing to do with the other two that they're supposed to be doing with. Am I, am I, am I, one word answer, we gotta go to break. Am I being totally, uh, crazed here or not? Uh, you're not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) SP Futures up 26, Nancy Futures up 86. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. 
It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory, make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. No, no, God, no. We don't want those idiots bumbling around in this. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, we're back Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 27. We've been up all morning. We were up a little more than this. NASDAQ Futures up 90. It was up quite a bit more than this. We were up at like 135, 140 when we came in. So they've been leaking just a little, but not, not a lot. Um, we've got the, uh, uh, colleges here that made a story earlier about the 12,500 calls that were bought in AMD and the stock has gone straight down. There's a, oh yeah. It's a, interesting. Uh, Dow Futures are up all 215. Pretty much rallies everywhere else this morning. Over in Asia, we've got the, uh, Hang Sang, well, Nikkei up 320, 1.2%. Shanghai up 29.9%. Hang Sang up 445, that's 2%. This thing has gone from, rarely gets under 20,000, but it, but it rockets back and forth between 20 and probably 22.5, about as fast as I've ever seen it. It stays kind of in the range. It's very volatile, but, but within the range, which is odd. It's probably, it's probably one of the reasons why the, you see the VIX elevated here, but not to the moon. We, we, we racket back and forth, but sort of in a range. We're in Europe, same thing. Dex up 136, 1%. Uh, FTSE up 118, that's 1.7%. Kakaron up 116, it's 1.99, let's call it 2%. Uh, yesterday, as a review, that was up 194, S&P up 35, NASDAQ up 179. So we could have two good days in a row here if we don't sell off here, which it doesn't look like we're going to, uh, at least now. Ten-year up four basis, make that five basis points, 3.12. The bond up five basis points, 1.49. Uh, Japan up 18 to 0.41. This is they've gone back and forth there. The governments uh, did something with this. You know, maybe I'll talk about it. Maybe Carl was reading this. I should have read it. I did not. Uh, oil up 223, 106.50. Had been catapulting down. Ran up 215, 112.20. Natural gas up a penny, 625, but down from the 930 top. So it's down 33% in about two and a half weeks. Arbob up four cents, 380. Uh, we've got gold. Down five bucks, eighteen twenty-four. Silver down twenty cents, twenty dollars and eighty-three cents. Copper down four cents, three sixty-nine. As the copper comes, like uh, FCX, 
all these metal companies are getting hammered. Uh, crypto up 505, the Bitcoin to 21,275. Matt, what do you got for us? Trevi Weather Sports. Hey, good morning. It's currently 7.35 a.m. on Friday, June 24th, 2022. Uh, in sports, uh, White Sox take on Baltimore's, uh, take on, <laughs> take on Orioles at Baltimore, uh, take them at home, uh, but they lost, uh, 0 4 Both teams back again tonight at 7, t- uh, 7.10 Central Standard Time at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, Cubs away against, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates win 8 to 7. Cubs as well back, uh, back today, uh, against Cardinals in St. Louis, 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, now for hockey, Stanley Cup, uh, game 5 tonight, Tampa Bay Lightning against Colorado Avalanche in Denver. Colorado leads the series 3 to 1. Catch that at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Now for weather in Chicago, uh, currently sunny. Uh, that slight chill going on its way out. It's now 73 degrees, a high of 92 and a low of 69. In Phoenix, cloudy skies, 85 degrees, a high of 109 degrees and a low of 85 degrees. Uh, traffic in Chicago now. Uh, traffic eastbound on Eisenhower between 17th Avenue and Paulina Street. Traffic westbound on Eisenhower between uh, Laramie Avenue and First Avenue. Traffic eastbound in Kennedy between New. Uh, I, I always I always say I'm going to do it. Uh, it's not New Orleans. It's North Orleans Street. Uh, Jane Byrne Interchange downtown. Uh, traffic westbound in Kennedy between West Montrose Avenue and Harlem Avenue. And uh, heavy traffic westbound the Dan Ryan between 51st Street and the Jane Byrne Interchange. Uh, traffic northbound in Stevenson between Route 171 and South Pulaski Road. And finally, minor traffic northbound on the Lakeshore between East Roosevelt Road and Er Randolph Street. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. Yeah, reading some pretty interesting headlines here, Carl. Uh, trending now. It's almost unbelievable. People are having their job offers rescinded days before they start. Um, I think some job seekers have been uh, have, uh, have kind of overplayed their hand a little on this. I want a job. I'm never gonna. You're never gonna meet me. I'm never gonna be there. Don't even think about it. It's gotta be real easy to fire somebody like that. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there's a. <laughs> You know, it's kind of funny when I when I look at what's happened with the with the market in that regard. Any time markets go to extremes, and I don't care. It, it, let's face it, employment is a market, right? Yep. Any time markets go to extremes, the snapback is always brutal for the people who get out over their skis. Well, it's like it's, it's like being. It's a, just the way it is, yeah. right? I mean, you know, it's, that's that's never ever going to change. And and you have a lot of people that that really have been feeling their oats lately with this, uh, you know. Oh my gosh, I'm never coming in. And you know what? I get it. Some people are are you know they're still scared of a cold. Uh, you know they want they don't want to come into the office. The, the the truth though is that an awful lot of them just like the fact that they can sit around and, and literally their sweatpants and you know be on Zoom calls all day. Well, you don't have to. Pay a dog walker. I think a lot of it is economic, Carl. I mean, oh, you know. well, well, of course it is. But you know, hey, look, <laughs> Chief, when I, before I ran my own shop, okay, and therefore, if I wore a suit, it was because I wanted to. I worked for a stuffed shirt firm that was spin off from the food marketing industry, where you had executives that came in, and by God, they expected all the professionals in that office. If you were a man, you were expected to have a suit and tie on. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I mean that was the that was the expectation. You had a suit and tie on. It didn't have to be a, a three thousand dollar Armani suit, but it had to be a suit. And and you know what? 
I had, I, you know, I owned one or two. Well, guess what? You end up, you know, having to go out and buy that stuff. And then, you you know, you got to be there every day. So you've got all the commuting expenses, everything else. At the time, I lived in an apartment in Chicago. So, boy, oh, boy, I was one of those schlubs that got on the L because it was a blankety-blank lot cheaper than driving my car and finding somewhere to park the thing down there. And so, you know, no, 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 no. We're going to, you know, we're going to take the, and that was when they had the little coins. Yeah, you know, so you bought the tokens and the by the roll, and uh, you know, and I, I rode the Ravenswood in every single day. Well, the back in the in the in the seventies, I mean, the people who before there was an orange line, <clears throat> the amount of people in suits they got stuffed on the Archer Express going back and forth, God, with no air conditioning. It's like and you're in your suit. It was. It was, uh, well, people were skinnier, so I guess maybe the heat didn't bother them as much, but, uh. Oh, I don't know about, hey, yeah. listen, in the summertime, there, there were times that it was brutal. I mean, they supposedly had air conditioning. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one thing when you're, you know, when you, when you're off, when you're off hours, right? But when I was doing that, you know, during, during the rush hour? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. The place was, I mean, those trains were jammed like sardines. Oh, yeah. I, I know, uh, this is, those people who live in Chicago and maybe have never been to New York, um, when you in Chicago, if you if, if you head down to the subway, uh, you end up with um, the you know the, the cars are air conditioned, but it's it's one layer down, and it's a lot cooler down there, right? As you're waiting for the right. train. Well, down under underground now, get up on the the L when it's outside yeah. the you know the the center core, and it ain't that way. But I mean, if, if you go to New York. Where it could be as many as three subway lines stacked up on top of each other, when when the eight car train pulls up and those cars, if I can remember exactly, the CTA cars are fifty five feet. I think the New York subway cars are seventy five. They're like real cars. All right. right. I mean, the, the CTA cars are essentially converted street cars. They're all electric, right. whatever. Yeah. But the the air conditioning, when that thing pulls into the the, the subway, of course, the, the the entire platform is jammed with people. And the the belching of the air conditioning out. I'm going to say if it's 95 upstairs, it's 108 in the, in, on the subway platform. Easy. And you're, oh yeah. And you're, down there, and you're down there in your suit. And you're wondering what what am I doing? <laughs> like this is crazy. But everybody did it. But it's uh. Um, well, you had to do it. Okay. Well, well, here's the second one. As I'm going through this, education department agrees to cancel six billion in debt for some 200,000 student loan borrowers. Um, and the idea is, uh, they claim they, there was a federal lawsuit that they sued the federal government. They, uh, that the, any school that engaged in misconduct, um, that now all of a sudden they settled and said, okay, you don't have to pay your loans back. Well, so what if, what if somebody actually paid the tuition there? Now they're not going to get their money back, which is, every time people do something like that, there's always like something that's sort of left out, Carl. I mean, uh, um, does anybody think that, Notre Dame charging is seventy grand isn't misconduct. Uh, you know, oh good lord! Yeah, I mean, Rick was uh, you know, I, I talk about stuff like this with all time. The, the biggest, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna allege that there was fraud, and that's and that's essentially the essence of this, right? Is right. that these these for profit institutions were were for all intents and purposes selling degrees that had no value. Okay, if you're gonna make that argument. Then the place you take this out of is the height of that institution and, and all of the people that were involved in it. You don't, you don't turn around and say, oh, by the way, you didn't have to pay. No. You, you prosecute the people who committed the fraud and you take it back out of their butts. 
if you can, yeah. Well, you know what? If you can't, you can't. Not a, the, the rest of, You know what? Restitution orders are a thing. Well, I, I, I get it. I'm just... I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, if you rip off, you know, there was just this, there was a story in the news just the other day, down on my old stomping grounds, not too far from their water color, down in Walton County. It was a very high fountain kind of place. Um, some local teens thought it would be cute to break into a house and hold a big razor in there. Eight million dollar place. Okay? Well, guess what? They posted videos of themselves all over TikTok, everything else. D- d- drinking these, this the, the the person who owns it, you know, three thousand dollar bottle of champagne and stealing rings out of the place, you know, with them, with them all over their fingers, everything else. Every single one of those kids has has nothing, right? All right, I mean, you know, come on, they're kids. That ain't the point. The point is, they get busted. You get a restitution order, and that thing follows you, and and one way or another, you ought to have to pay that off. Well, that's a good thing. Well, I would hope that's what yeah. they do. I mean, if they don't do that, I'm going to be rather annoyed. You know, never mind. You know, today, oh no, they, you know, he was, he was such a good boy. Yeah, he was such a good boy. He bro- he broke in and trashed this guy's house. Well, all right, um, fine. But then, guess what? You did. You know, your your piece of this damage was five thousand dollars. So you don't have five thousand dollars. Well, you know what? Um, time for you to go to work. And when you eventually do, or you get government benefits, or we're just going to dock that until you pay it off. With interest. Well, I, you know, I guess my, my question here is that every time you see something like this, there's, there's like five questions that come to mind. What, what about the people who actually paid, or what about what about people who may have borrowed money from their uncle and not the government, and they don't they don't pay him back? That's not going to work. I mean, it's, it's well, I, yeah, this is just crazy. But the other part of it is they they don't seem to get that they're broke, and and, and the Fed is is involved in this. And I don't. I mean, you, you almost need. I don't think. I mean, it wouldn't even be Volcker. Nobody's got th- this this kind of pair of balls to say spend whatever you want. I'm not. I'm not helping you out. I mean, th- that guy would never get the job. I, I mean, wh- where does where does the the? It just happens to be Democrats now. But but the, I mean, Trump was pissed that this Congress wouldn't let him send the check that Biden sent. So he was willing to send it too out to everybody. So I mean, it's it's not just the the, the idea that they've got. You know, I'm going to say a bunch of idiots writing books now saying it doesn't matter how much debt you have. I guess you can read that and think you're okay, but but, but that's not that's not any... Nobody really believes that, do they, Carl? I mean, or, or do they? I, I mean, uh, so here's, here's another $6 billion that the Fed's going to have to create because they don't have well, it. Well, except the Fed isn't, it, it can't create anything. It's going to have to come out of, you know, Congress is going to have to fund it somehow, which is the problem. And, of course, the problem is they will. Well, what I'm saying, but you, you and I always have this a little bit of a, a, a sort of a disagreement. In the end, you're right. The Treasury is going to go out and sell a bond, but the next day, the Fed's going to go out and buy the bond back with money they just created. Right, but but the but the the fault in this or the responsibility, if you will, rests with Congress. Yeah, except for the fact that they have, if they were truly independent, they they'd would say, say no. They'd say no. They wouldn't go buy it. And in two weeks from now, the interest rates would be twelve percent. Well, you know what? You're absolutely right. They would say no, and um, the, the, one of the, I don't know if you recall this, but I it, and, and I don't remember if it was Bernanke. I think it was Bernanke. It may have been Bernanke, uh, who who said in one of the, the the you know the semi-annual you know dog and pony shows that we just had with Paul, 
that actually said that the that while the Federal Reserve could essentially give Congress the ability to do completely irresponsible things, they couldn't do it forever. And that the game playing that they could do, um, and of course now we've seen that with the balance sheet, right, over the last 10 plus yeah. years, that you would run out of rope. That there is there is a certain amount of rope. If you need to do this on an emergency basis for some reason, we yes, we can we can cushion this for a period of time. And um, you know, we're supposedly a, and, and the, the amusing part of listening to this is that ought to have everyone's jaw on the floor. Was we're supposedly independent, but we're going to do what Congress wants us to do. So we're not really independent. We're a well, political right. creature, and we know this. Um, admitted, which, which by the way, I've never heard the Fed actually say before. This was the one time that I heard this come out of one of these guys' mouths. Uh, however, now we're out of rope. Uh, oops. Well, I mean, I think if you go back to 2008 is when a lot of this started, but, um, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, but the, I'll tell a quick story. I, I'm getting like Jimmy Stewart in Destry Rides again, where I always got to tell some stupid story before I say something. <laughs> um, he, uh, was driving one of the a predecessor to young Matt it was Maddie uh, Maddie uh, what the hell was her last name well, she was a Loyola girl and she came in and she helped with the pro- producer show for a while terrific young lady English English uh, student was going to be a teacher uh, one morning she says well my girlfriend just had the birds and the bees talk with her with her dad and I'm thinking how inappropriate is this me driving a 19 or 21 year old whoever she was into work and uh, she's going to get me. I said, eh. oh, oh, she goes, oh, not that. Don't worry about that. We figured that all out. I'm going, okay. <laughs> now I feel better. <laughs> now I feel better. Right? I mean, she's a sweetheart. And she goes, she's a, an English major. She's going to be a teacher. The girlfriend was too. And she's got all this debt. So the, the dad sits her down and instead of the other birds and the bees, which you and I were probably more interested in, says, well, based on your, my budgeting for you, you're going to have your student loans paid off when you're like 44. Right and uh, and they and so what do you think on spring break they both went to Florida instead of yeah. like going home and like getting a job or something like maybe of course. but but it's to the point where what's the difference if you know, I'm forty four or forty four and then or, or April of my forty fifth year what, what what's the difference I'm twenty you know so at this point I mean I I almost boy I hate to even push back on this at all but there's 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 a difference in mentality here that. You and I are not getting. I mean, if we're the president tomorrow, and all of a sudden the Federal Reserve guy says, "I can't give you another four hundred million," and you go, "Wait a minute! <laughs> You've given all these other bums eight trillion. You, you can't hang with me to the election for a month. Don't tell me that." I mean, we're almost, we're almost at a spot here where the, the, the numbers are so big nobody cares. The, the idea of putting a slam on on a student loan thing for six billion because you don't want to come up with it. Nobody, nobody's even thinking that way. What's the difference between eight trillion? All the stuff you said bad was going to happen at four trillion, at five trillion, at six. It still hasn't happened. So, so tell me why? No, it still, it still hasn't happened. Huh? You haven't been to the gas station I, oh, lately. I'm, I'm saying you, you could make that. <laughs> I'm saying you could make the claim that what's the difference, eight or eight and a half? But I think they all would say it can't be eighty, right? You know, but, well, but, but see, here's the, the you know, again, what, what I've argued for a long time, and, and nobody wanted to hear this back ten years ago when I when I first started talking about it, because if you're going to be an analyst, you're actually going to analyze as opposed to parroting stuff and showing up right. on mainstream television and, and driving 
prices in whatever direction whoever's paying you wants them to go. Uh, and you have a thesis and it doesn't happen, you have to look at why. And during the, the, the crash uh, in 07, in the lead up to it, when it was obvious that we had a major problem and there was a dislocation coming in the, you know, in the financial system, uh, my expectation was that the dollar index was going to get pounded. We were going to see the DX trade at 40. Okay. Well, that would be a 50% devaluation or 50% inflation, depending on how you want to look at it. And that didn't happen. Uh, and so we got about a year into it when, you know, the middle of it with Lehman and everything else. And um, that, that even though the Fed was tossing money at everything and everybody, it, it didn't happen. And so I went back, okay, why didn't it happen? Because just simply from a monetarist point of view, it absolutely should have happened. It didn't. Why not? And the answer is that it was all being balanced out by trade flows, and the sequestration of dollars overseas from trade flows was what stopped it. Well, guess what? We destroyed that when the Ukraine-Russian thing started. It's right. gone. Yeah. And it's never going to come back because nobody is ever going to believe ever again that we might not do it to them. And that's the, and, and whenever you're talking about international transactions and international trade, you're talking about long lead times and long periods of time between when you order something and when it actually ends up at the other end. I don't care how you slice it. Yeah, okay, there's a few exceptions. There's some things that go by air, but virtually everything goes by shit. And, and the transit time is measured in weeks or months from when you order something until it actually gets to the other end. And, and the guy on the other end who is making the thing has to know he's going to get paid. Oh, yeah. And that's, the, that's, that's what drove all of this, Chief. It's why it worked, quote-unquote, worked for 10-plus years. Well, that's gone. And now if you want to run deficits and you want to run this kind of crazy monetarist emission of, of, of money, it shows up instantly in inflation. And there's not a thing you can do about it. We have a PPI that you know that I talked about in the last report came out. There is a fifty percent annualized crude goods and crude services inflation that is that now goes back twelve months sequentially yep. on an annualized basis. If we stopped the crazy right now, it would not go away for a year. Well, that's why if I have when I people have asked me where I think the inflation is, and I'm going to give a an answer, Carl, that it absolutely sounds like I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm going to say that the actual inflation rate, the tippy top, if we counted it, if we counted it properly, I think we've peaked. But we, because we haven't counted it properly, we're going to have such a runoff that it's going to be with us for years just because we should have already counted a lot more than we've had. Chief, I, th I think we are looking at a situation that looks a lot like the late 70s and early 80s. Oh, yeah. where you're probably talking about three to four years of, of a crappy economy and and high inflation. Not, uh, people that think that there's going to be a hyperinflationary collapse, listen, you're crazy. If you believe that, then what you're believing is that all of the people who currently are in power in our government are, are fully aware of the fact that in every hyperinflation that has ever happened, in virtually every single one, all of the current ruling party, whoever they are, those people all get deposed, and a large percentage of the time, they literally are killed. Yep. 
well, along I'm saying with their entire they, family. So I'm saying every they, single person knows this that's in power today. And if you think they're going to do that on purpose, you're out of your mind. No, what I'm, what I'm saying is, if you look at the, the numbers, and I want to talk some, I'll say something real important here in a second. If you look at the numbers and the 22% annual increase in money supply that they were doing during the COVID, that right. that has stopped. Yes. Okay, so so we, we're down to... Last last couple of months are like three and four, but say we're down to eight or nine. So the right. actual, but but I I think the number last month or two months ago when we came out with the one point three, if you do the do the the multiplication, it's fifteen point six. If you would have added in uh, rent and household ownership like you should have, that number would really have been probably twenty two, and that should have been and probably would have been the peak, which doesn't mean that a year from now it's not still going to be 9 or 10. This is where I'm coming from. If right, right. Me. No, no, you're right. And and that's, I. Uh, my expectation is that you're, it, it, people, there's, you know, what you're seeing, what you saw yesterday with the market the last couple of days, which, you know, Paul and his testimony is, you know, oh, you know, it isn't going to be so bad. You had, the, you had people on the left side of the aisle essentially begging and or bordering on threatening the Fed to not continue to raise rates. You had questions about, oh, well, you know, yeah. you should up your inflation target. You should, you know, you should do this, you should. I mean, I, I, I listened to part of it, and I was throwing up over here. Oh, yeah. Hey, real but quick, we only have a few minutes. Let me let me get to page yeah. four here, because it's something that I want to talk more about next week when everybody's maybe a little more prepared. I've been reading how much money, how much more money is is pouring into Russia after the sanctions that the oh, yeah. that Europe has spent way more money on the increase in gas and oil prices than they've than they've than they've paid to help Ukraine. That they've they've actually given more money to the Russian side than they have the Ukraine side. Well, they fund they funded the Russian war, yeah. and they still are. I, I don't I don't can can we get somebody, Uncle Joe or whoever it is, somebody's got to grab three or four heads of state, take them to Camp David, or take them to a cruise ship or one of these yachts they stole, and you got to stay there three or four days. You idiots. If you want to, if you want to hurt Russia, you, you lower the price of oil, don't raise it. Well, yeah, and then, but then we've also got the other little piece of truth, which is that Germany is now scrambling to take their coal-fired plants out of mothballs and turn them back on, because they have suddenly come to realize what I've been talking about for more than ten years, which is that base load electrical capacity has to be based on something that has a stable supply price and a stable supply, natural gas. Has, has the potential for stable supply, of course, not so much over in Europe. However, does not have a stable price and never has. And so if you want actual baseload electrical capacity, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think about the environment. You have two options, given what we know about the thermodynamics and given what we know about the facts today. And that's coal and nuclear, and that's it, period. How long, if, uh, if one has been properly mothballed instead of torn down, like here in Chicago... Right. What do you suppose, with the idea of getting the unit trains running again and all the other, what's what's the time frame? I think I think you can do it in six months, but you're going, but the the cost is going to be substantial. It, it, industrial equipment that is that is not designed to be that stuff's not designed to be shut off. You turn it off, you got corrosion, you got all kinds of stuff. You're going to have to go through every single piece of it and make sure it's okay. It's like it's like. Taking a battleship out of mothballs, basically. It, it pretty much is, but it but at least they didn't take a wrecking ball of them, like we did here, like we did here, and like they're threatening to do with TVA down here now at Clinch River. That's uh, that's kind of crazy. Um, I mean, I just the idea that we're that these guys are that the 
the ruble is higher than it was when we started, don't they even know that they're screwing this up? I mean, I'm not saying I have the solution, but at least I recognize it. Whatever we're doing, well, they're, pay, they're paying Russia to fight their own, to fight them. I, that, that, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard in the world. Yeah, well, that is a uh, uh, real quick though. The natural gas, you say it's not stable pricing. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask if if you're, you know, the Pennsylvania Power. How much of the natural gas do you think is actually stable pricing, where there's there is wells sort of near you, and the and the pipe is right to you, and you got a long term contract and stuff? I think a lot of it is, Carl. They're not buying. Well, it. you can for a while, but the, you can use it, you, and you do want to use it for peaking, because natural gas plants, turbine turbine power plants, are one of the few that can load follow, and and that means that when you have everybody turns their air conditioner on, you can actually immediately ramp up the the output in. You know, to meet that demand, you can't do that with nuclear, and you can't do it with coal. The lead time on a coal plant to actually materially increase output is measured in hours, and in, and with nuclear, in many cases, it's measured in days. Okay. So you you need, but but electrical generation is is not monolithic. Okay. The problem with trying to do it with renewables is that in order to avoid having shortages, because you can't control when the wind blows and when the sun shines. You must overbuild capacity at such an obscene margin that if you over-provision like that, the price during most of the time for the excess power you have is zero, which means you're going to end up with bills that are four and five times what they are now in order to be able to do that. Nobody can pay that, and our economy will collapse because behind every single unit of economic output is energy. Well, that's the truth. Carl, take care of yourself. Have a nice weekend. Uh, SP Futures up 26, NASDAQ Futures up 89, still up. We were up a little bit more earlier, but still pretty good. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. I'm an American. You're a sick...